ask me to talk. Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas from the ridiculous to the sublime on Don't Ask Me to Talk. Now, here's your host, Stacy Heller. Hello, happy Tuesday. Welcome to Don't Ask Me to Talk. I am your host with the most, Stacy Heller. Um I, I'm going to start out the show right away by saying happy birthday to my guest, Ooh, Ross Krauss. So he is, um, I'll introduce him early. He is a financial planner. Uh, he happens to have his own show here on KKNW. It airs on Tuesdays at noon. Uh, you can call into the station and ask any kind of question that you want. He's not going to give you specific tax advice, but he can give you general financial advice because it's his mission to actually have people be more financially literate, but mm-hmm. we'll get into that later in the show. Um, reminder, if you can't listen live, you can listen to the podcast version of Don't Ask Me to Talk on your preferred podcast platform. You can text D-A-M-T-T to 55678 for details. You can also call into the show, 425-373-5527, or you can find me through my website, which I recently was reviewing, and man, it needs work. Luckily... I have connections, but I'm like, I don't even do these things anymore. So that's cool. Um, so again, welcome birthday boy to Thank the show. You. What are you like? Five? Uh, oh, I love that. Thanks, Eric. I am 33. <laughs> oh, I remember when I was 33. Yeah. My soul feels like 50 or 60, but my body feels 33. <laughs> that tracks, <Sometimes>. actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Better than the other way around. Really. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny because I said to somebody the other day, I'm like, I may be 51, but I feel like I'm in my early 30s. So you usually, and I may have swapped. Yeah. Usually it's funny because um, they tell you for like when you're talking to people who are a little bit older, they're like, remember, they might look and sound 70, but their souls also still might be 18. So right. just keep that in mind oh, with yeah. people you meet. Yeah. Right. Well, and my humor <laughs> is that of like an eighth grade boy. So that's a thing. Yeah, it's very hard for me to, like, be well-behaved on this show. Um, Okay, so my weekly rant and ramble. Let's get into it. So mom is in Vermont at the moment wreaking havoc. So she and my dad bought a house there years and years and years ago. And I remember being like, you're one of those couples now, empty nest, and now you've bought a second house in Vermont. Fast forward, Pete and I bought a second house, not in Vermont, but still. Um. And she sold her place. Um, actually, my friends tease me because I would say, oh, my mom sold Vermont. And they're like, the entire state? Yeah, where in, uh, where in Vermont are they? Queechee, Vermont. Is that near, near Woodstock. So Burl- where's Burlington? Not in- that close. Okay. It's about an hour away. Okay, south? Yeah. West, I think. Okay. It's because it's such a tiny. It is. It's so it's state. like right over the border of New Hampshire. Okay. It's right near Dartmouth. Okay. Thank you. Or as okay. Charlie used to call it, Dartmouth. Okay. Yeah. Um, so she is visiting friends that still have places up there. And she and Lee went up and she texted me the other night. I'm pretty sure she was a tad inebriated and was like, we're thinking of all getting a place together and moving in together. I was like, awesome. Great. And who's going to take care of you? Like, she's currently living in a, like, continuing care residential facility so that, you know, if something happens, then she has that care. And she was like, I don't know. We didn't get that far. (laughs) (laughs) So 
But she's having fun, and that's really, you know, at 81, she continues to astound me with how much fun she has. So good for her. Yeah, so hi, yeah. Mom. Hi, Lee. Hi, everybody. Um, you're probably all chitter-chattering right now, having your cocktails. I am wondering if she has bought any Simon Pierce, um, which Simon Pierce is in uh, Queechy. They're in other places, too, and it's the glass guy, and um, it's beautiful, and if you bought me a present, I'm not opposed. Um, we dropped Charlie, the baby of the family, off at college this past weekend. I thought I was going to cry more. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, this is the fourth time, right? Well, it's the fourth time, and I, I mean, I definitely was weepy, but I was sort of expecting to be like in hysterics or something, and I was not. And I'm going with it's because Will was there, because Will lives down that that way, and he distracted me. So I'm blaming it on him that I was not in a puddle. Um, I will say I don't really know who Charlie is since dropping him off. So this is the kid that clearly took full advantage of being the baby of the family. <laughs> like, you know, would try on a shirt and be like, meh, I'm not going to wear that and put it in the laundry kind of thing. And like, you know, I don't know where my meds are. You know, they're only in the same place that they've been for the past like 10 years that you've lived here. Um, he's already doing laundry. He FaceTimed me this morning. I was like, just want to check to make sure that this is right. Right. We're in like day three. Um, he connected with professors. He's done homework. Oh. Apparently he has gone to the library oh. and studied. He's worked out a couple times. Nice. I'm like, okay. But that, I mean, that's exactly the scenario that you want when you drop off your youngest to college, right? I mean, you want them to be happy. You don't want them to be like, don't go, mom. That would be really bad. It would be. It would, yes. But I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it wouldn't stink if he was like, wow, mom, I really miss you. Or something about like me. You know, like, I miss the fact that you never cooked. <laughs> I miss that you ignored me. I don't know. That'll take time. That'll, <laughs> yeah. that'll come. Yeah. It, it will come. Yeah. Um, so I'm just very happy that he is happy and that he's figuring his college version of himself yeah. out. Um, it's totally what you want to have happen. Now, I will say that I did this. He was a little nervous that he had too much stuff. And he had three suitcases, three suitcases, medium size. Um, and that included the vacuum sealed comforter. So like and lots of other like bedding and that kind of thing. And he suddenly has decided he went from being like the most bougie person ever that would go shopping all the time to suddenly being like, Mr. Sustainability, I like to thrift. I don't want to bring too much stuff. I don't want to leave a huge carbon footprint. I'm like, what is happening? Um, so that's fine. He didn't bring a lot of stuff. However, his mother ordered a lot of stuff, <laughs> which I had shipped to Will's. And the packages that came from Amazon and that were teetering outside Will's door, um, they could be consolidated so easily. Um, in spite of my picking, like, least amount of packages and blah 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 so it reminded me of my other brilliant idea besides i'm bringing it up again rain barrels to get the wildfires ross i know you don't listen to the show it's an ongoing thing uh -huh. with all the wildfires there's gotta be a better way and so my idea was rain barrels like in the mountains collecting precipitation and then you just let them rip when there's a fire You'd have to have. Uh, right. Another, yeah. <laughs> Should I not go down this road? 
Just say great idea. Not if you know what's good for you. <laughs> great idea. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we'll, we'll Excellent. Talk offline, I brought yeah. you cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks good. I wish I wish we had a uh, a uh, visual medium here because yeah. everything looks fantastic. Thank you so much. You're I'm welcome. So therefore, it's a great idea. <laughs> therefore, yes. Uh huh. So my other great idea that I was reminded of is this, and I think you'll actually like this one. So when Amazon delivers to you and they have all those nice full boxes and you open up your boxes and you know that you've ordered and that a delivery is going to arrive, wouldn't it be cool if you flattened the old boxes, put them on your porch, doorway, step, wherever it is, and then the Amazon drivers collected them and brought them back yeah. Yeah, that's actually a good idea. Thank you. Yeah. And right? They would save money because they could design a package that's very easy to collapse right. and they pick it up and then that's it. They don't have to produce as much wasted paper and yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. it's Amazon, so they have the resources to do They that. have the resources. Yeah. Well, and there are just companies that are doing this oh, now where you can get like a subscription service for like cosmetics and stuff like that where you can recycle mm-hmm. the packaging and then they pick it up and then reuse it. And Amazon, you're right, should do that since they have guys coming directly to your door yeah. all the time. They could pick up the stuff yes. and then put it back to you. So yeah. it would do a, a huge, uh, you know, impact on, you know, the garbage dumps of the world. Yes. And, you know, just like, where am I going to put this stuff? Mm -hmm. And whether they had, as Ross said, like a a box that it's almost like, you know, when the milkman comes and you have your milk box and it's like your designated Amazon box. um, Or because they have to pack it up and put the addresses for sorting and stuff, they just, you know, you, you drop it, but then... Just flattening it out and taking all that stuff back and repurposing it. Like, there's just a better way. Overall, they could get a lot better. I mean, we've all had these orders of one small item show up in a massive box with those air pillows in there. And you think, (laughs) really? (laughs) You couldn't fit this in an envelope or something? Exactly. I mean, I, I... 100%. 100%. I'm like, I don't need a box the size of a guitar for, right. like, my little pimple pads. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so hey, all of my listeners out there, all seven of you, uh, if you know anybody that is at Amazon, hook me up. You can email me at <laughs> stacy at stacyconnects.com. <laughs> and I would love to share my idea for free. Like, it's just about putting good things into the world and let's recycle and reuse stuff. Okay. So with that, I think that's all that's going on. Well, and the remodel in our house continues to go. I think today we're getting the refrigerator. Don't know that it's to use. Maybe it's just to look at. Same with the dishwasher, which we've gone very bougie and we now have a dishwasher that has two drawers. Now, I realize you're thinking you open the door and of course it has two drawers. No, no. It has two separate drawers, and you can run just the top drawer or the mm. bottom drawer or them both at the same time. I think that's a good idea. My my wife's family just remodeled, and they just went with two dishwashers. Oh. Similar, like, philosophy where one dishwasher sometimes isn't enough if you're hosting a lot and you yes. have a lot of people. It is not sufficient. It's true. Yeah, so that's, so, that's a good Well, it's, if it's not too late, maybe you could just throw in another dishwasher somewhere. Look, I'm buying for the ice machine, and <laughs> okay. that... That didn't go anywhere. Okay. So we had to take our had. These are like really first world problems. Yes. We have our outdoor refrigerator in the garage that's basically like the booze refrigerator yes. uh-huh. and like the holiday refrigerator. 
And so then we have the newer refrigerator in the house. But then, so that everything matched when we remodeled, we had to get a new refrigerator. Again, had to, in air quotes. And so now the the newer refrigerator is going to the garage. And since we couldn't fit an ice maker into, like, one of those cool scoopy ones, um, we're having the water run to the outside refrigerator so that it can generate ice oh, out okay. of the garage. Okay. Because you need to have compromise. ice. That's important. I'm an ice person. Yeah, that's important. Like, and I feel like you're either an ice person or you're not. Like, if you're an ice person, you get it. You need Who's ice. Who's not an ice person? There are people that are not ice people. Like, no ice in their drinks? No ice in their drinks. Or, like, you know, they get, you know, they go to McDonald's and they fill up with, like, Sprite and they don't put ice in it. Yeah, that's really weird. I know. Are you an ice person, Eric? <laughs> I'm a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> Are you afraid to say one way or the other? No, when, when I mean, there are two different things. Because when I'm at home, I'll put ice in a glass, you know, if I, especially if I'm having a, yeah. a room temperature soda or something. But if I'm at the movies or something and I know that liquid is going to be cold already, then I do like maybe three, four That's ice cubes though. so that I'm not, you know, chomping on them during the movie. And so that my soda is not watered yeah. down. So, okay. He's still yeah. kind of a nice person. Just, yeah, well... He, yeah. yeah, he's definitely a nice person. It's just <laughs> he's not like an ice person. And see, I'm the person that's like, I would like extra ice. Oh, you, you love ice. I okay. And I don't chomp on it or anything because, by the way, uh, PSA here, that's not good for your teeth. Um, but I just, I love ice. I once measured, because I used to buy it like a big gulp every day. Um, and so I measured one day when I went home, took all of the soda out to measure how much I was actually drinking when you drink a big gulp with the amount of ice that I had. Mm. And it turns out it was less than a can, basically, of Diet Coke. See, I like the ice because I don't want to drink that much soda. So it actually gives me less and it stays colder for longer. And if you don't get soda and it's Powerade or lemonade, it gets watery, which I think is good. It's a whole... Except for the watered-down soda. <laughs> no, that's not, not good. That's you okay, that but you got to drink it quickly. Thank then you. it's yes. second drink. Yeah, then you drink it quickly. Also... <laughs> but if you're drinking it quickly, you could get a smaller size and it would still be cold. It's not always possible. I don't understand <laughs> what you're saying, la, la, la. And I will tell you, like, it is such a thing for me that... At one point early in our marriage, I worked for a temp agency because I was like, "I'm that's it. I've had it with retail. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. And so I worked at this temp agency and I ended up getting a long-term temp job at Macmillan Publishing in Greenwich, Connecticut. And I was the front desk receptionist person. And I will tell you, I loved it. I was going to school at the time. I was a newlywed. There I was at the front. I had to dress up and look nice because I'm at a major publisher. And it was where all of the like the executive team were. So I was like, you know, hobnobbing with like people in charge. And it never occurred to me that it was a problem to just go into the president's like kitchen and get myself a glass with ice for my Diet Coke. And meanwhile, I'd see all of the other executives like the head of risk and this person and that person drinking out of their cans with a straw. And I was like... (laughs) I am the face of this company. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would look a little weird if you walked in and there's someone with a can and a straw coming from it. I, I would judge a little bit differently. I just, I just you know, I felt I like it, yeah. I was the face of the company. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, I deserve this glass of ice. <laughs> and the president, like, he didn't care. He was the nicest guy. So wherever you are, Dave Schaefer, you're a nice man. Um, okay. So my Stacyism. And a nice man. And a nice man. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you're right. Oh, Eric, mm, so clever. Uh, my Stacyism of this week. Uh, 
is with planning comes freedom. Now, my former neighbor in Connecticut said this to me, and the conversation was revolving around babysitters. And I used to say, like, how do you always get a babysitter last minute? And she'd say, I don't. I get my babysitter and then I make my plans. And she was like, because with planning comes freedom. So I have the babysitter and it's not like I can't find a place to go if I end up not having plans. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So she taught me that. And it it's amazing how many things that applies to this idea that, you know, if you planned to, I don't know, move your kid into college and you have all of your ducks in a row, then there is a freedom in not having to figure it all out and be a mess about it. Um, planning for the future, finances, which we're going to talk about, you know, with a little bit of planning, you're suddenly going to have this freedom to have choice. And I think that that's really what it's about. With planning comes the freedom of choice. And so I realize that for some people, planning is a luxury, but where you can plan, it is worth it. So that is my Stasiism. And with that, let us take a quick break and then we'll be back and we are going to talk with Ross Krause. We'll be right back with Don't Ask Me to Talk. Don't Ask Me to Talk. Hi, this is Lisa Downs, host of Reigniting You, the show that takes a positive, forward-looking approach to mid-to-late career transitions for Gen Xers and Boomers every Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock Pacific. Whether you're looking to stay in the traditional workforce, do your own thing, or retire or semi-retire, Reigniting You is your source for career transition advice, inspiration, and insight for what's next in your career and life. Join me Wednesdays at 3 o'clock to get re-energized, recharged, and reignited. Are you stuck in a creative straitjacket going crazy trying to find a different way out exhausted from trying to make old ideas feel fresh and relevant popcorn and noodle is a boutique agency that specializes in popcorning new ideas and noodling on existing ones for entrepreneurs and small businesses whether it's ideas about what to name a new venture how to promote your services or which direction to consider next popcorn and noodle serves ideas that pop and stick don't go crazy. Go to popcornandnoodleideas.com. Creative solutions serve daily. Alternative Talk 1150 online at 1150kknw.com. Don't ask me to talk. Welcome back to Don't Ask Me to Talk. I am here with Ross Krause. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, Ross has his own show called The Money Seat here on KKNW. It's also a podcast. And... He is a, by profession, a financial planner. So this is going to seem like an odd intro. However, what did you want to be when you were like seven or in second grade? Do you remember? Well, I, the problem with those questions, if you're, if you're a boy, is you want to be a professional athlete. But that's not Did you really? Real. Yeah, of course I did. Really? Yeah. Um, like playing what? I played every sport except for football. Thank God. Thank God. Because um, my, <laughs> my head's good. Uh, so... Uh, I was very good at soccer. I would say baseball or um, basketball, even though that wasn't realistic. They still wanted to play that professionally. That's true. I never really thought about that. Yeah, you found a you found a um, a loophole in my thought well, process. I knew I, I wasn't going to do that, but that's what I wanted to do. Okay. Well, then, what's the the next thing that you were like? Well, when that career doesn't work out, did you have an idea of what you wanted? To um, do? not till I got a little. A lot older, um, and yeah, not man. 
No. Uh, I knew I wanted to do something involving numbers or math or statistics and stuff. Okay. Um, I actually do semi-professional and a lot of poker in my down in my downtime. And there was a time when I wanted to be a professional poker player in my teens. Um, but I don't know if I mentioned this before. My job is helping people, and, and I kind of provide things for the world, in my opinion. And a poker player, unfortunately, uh, they benefit when other people suffer or loss. And right. that's not how I want to live my life, benefiting from other people's losses. It's a very tough profession. So I gave that up pretty quickly. Um, but no, there wasn't like a fireman or a financial advisor or a CFO or now it's just. I have this, no. this working <laughs> thesis um, that what you wanted to be potentially when you were like seven or eight in like second or third grade, it it sort of lends itself to potentially what you do when you grow up. So you're right. I'm weird though. So I'm going to give a little. So my brother loved Anthony Bourdain and he passed away a few years ago and I don't have mm-hmm. to get into that but he can't watch the show anymore he was heartbroken he said Anthony Bourdain was my idol I always grew up to him my brother now runs a restaurant so this is very similar and and he was like this was my guy this is my idol this is who I looked up for you know he passed away and and I kind of didn't get it he said Ross didn't you have someone you looked up to when you were a kid and I was like no no I didn't I just wanted to be me and enjoy life and that would explain why I didn't have a I mean Michael Jordan I guess, right, but right. I just went right. But really, no, I didn't. But he did, and th- and you're right. But I think I'm a more unusual person that most people do have some person or some celebrity or famous thing that they want to be when they yeah, grow or, up or something, and I it was, helps guide them in life. Right? I Not was me. chatting with yeah. a woman last night, and she was saying that um, she was like, "Yeah, I wanted to be a zookeeper." And so Very then cool. I like went on with the conversation and I said, you know, so what do you do now? And she's like, well, I went to veterinary school and, you know, that I decided I didn't like where I was going. And now I'm doing environmental sciences and stuff okay. as it relates to like animal habitats. Yeah, and I similar. was like, ah, uh-huh. there it is. Mo- it, nine out of 10 people are like that. I'm, I'm the outlier. Eh, well, <laughs> I, I actually am similar to you. I was like, when I grow up, I want to be discovered. Like I, I wanted somebody else to figure out what I was going to be. When oh, I was okay. Right. I was like, I know I'm special, probably, <laughs> but I don't know what it is. It's never too late. I'm special. With air <laughs> We're quotes. all special, yes. <laughs> right, sure, sure. <laughs> um, okay, so that blows my first theory. Yeah, sorry. No, it's fine. Um, but you liked numbers and that kind of thing. Yes. Now, given that one of your missions is to help, especially, you know, I want to say younger people, except that younger people this these days can be anything from you know, kids that are still in school that don't have any kind of financial literacy all the way up to, like, my age, really, because there was never financial literacy taught in school. Right, right, right. So given that, um, did your parents educate you about finances and and those kinds of things? No, but I didn't expect them to. I didn't learn about any of their finances until I became their financial advisor. Um, I knew that when we went on trips or stuff that my dad had a budget for what we were doing. And I knew when I asked them to buy things, the answer was almost always no, it's expensive or no, even though we, we looking back on it, we, we could have afforded it. So no, um, I learned all that through, by chance, taking a, some classes in undergrad and college. So I got lucky okay. to answer you. But most, mostly no, and that's kind of why I'm, I'm – 
trying to do what I'm doing because most people are going to also say, even if they had parents who were very good at this, are also going to say no. Yeah. What did your dad do and what did your yeah, mom he, do? Yeah, my dad's an, an accountant, uh, accountant, <laughs> uh, finance director. My mom, uh, journalism, so she worked for the Tribune for a while. Interesting. First, first female sports editor uh, <gasps> at the Tribune. Yeah, she was a badass lady in the the male world back in the 70s and 80s. Wow. Um, Shout out mom. Yeah. Yeah. She was trailblazing the, the career. So she did that for a while. And now she's a journalism professor at uh, DePaul. Um, so I actually enjoy writing too. Um, I still wish I could blend the two together. We'll, we'll see. When you write your book. Yeah. I just should write a book that's not about finance. It's something that people want to read. Right. Now, see, <laughs> I would disagree because when, you know, so two of um, our four kids uh, work with Ross, the two that have graduated from college yes. and, you know, have are now making money on their own and figuring out their finances and that kind of thing. And, you know, Will, who had expressed interest in uh, investing when he was like, I don't know, 13 or 14. Yeah, okay. And, you know, he was kind of like, hey, can you explain the stock market? And I remember, you know, I was like, <laughs> It's in New York. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and Pete's like, it's not a place. And I was like, well, I mean, it kind of is. And <laughs> no, you're right. It kind of is, actually. I mean, yeah. right. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, and Pete, his answer was a little better, but like that, like that dad, like, well, you know, the stock market, son. It's, um, it's not easy to explain if you really it, think about it's it. It's yeah. like trying to define irony, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Like it's near impossible. Yeah. Um, which in and of itself is probably ironic. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so we were sort of like pushing it off, pushing it off. And then probably when he was like 15, we had a Christmas where like one of the kids was going to get something that was like way bigger. Like I think Charlie was getting like a new desk or something. And so we were like, oh. and not that everything has to be even, but there has to be a perception yeah. of even. Yeah. Yeah. So we decided that we would, um, Pete would get an E-Trade account and oh, cool. like kind of, it would be Will's, but it would be Pete's. And we got him a book on investing. Um, and we told him, here's here's 500 bucks. Here's a book. Read the book. And then we want you to come to us and tell us what you want to invest in. And so he came to us after reading the book and he said, Activision. I know that they're coming out with new games okay. um, next year. And so the stock will go up. And, you know, the book says that you should invest in what you know. Yes, that's very true. Yes. So we were like, okay. And I used to know how like the stock market was doing based on when he came through the door at the end of the day. <laughs> His mood. <laughs> <laughs> and so he had to learn over time. I was uh, like, you know, your mood can't go the no, way the stock market no, goes. No, 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 no. Yeah. You're going to get crazy. That's funny. My, uh, my first investment story was uh, high school. I think I was a junior and I took some investment or finance class. And they brought in a guest. Someone's dad came in who was a financial advisor or stock picker or some, something. And he basically wrote down names of companies that he thought would be good to buy. And so I came home and I said, Dad, this guy gave us some advice. I would like to go buy blah, blah, blah shares of blah, blah, blah company through with my money through his advisor. And he said, OK. And we spent $2,500. And 15 years later, that stock is worth about 150 bucks. It was terrible advice. <laughs> it did horrible. It's the only thing in my portfolio that has this huge, giant, negative red number, That's which funny. I still haven't sold in the insane hopes that someday it'll bounce. It, it's a loser. It's a dog. But 
But it's also that's like how a I good started. lesson, yes. like a life reminder, yes. right? That's how I started. That this guy who I had his suit and I thought was a smart, fancy guy, throws some stocks out and he, he doesn't know anything anyone anyone else does. But it helped me learn and follow the ups and downs and get a little more into it and realize that it was something I was a passionate about at that point. But yeah, my first investment story was Giant Loser that I still own 15 years later. That's funny. Yeah. I love the fact that you still own still it. Still own it. <laughs> it. It's like it's a thing. Yeah. So, um, all right. So- because of that and, you know, the kids, they're given money upon graduation right. and then, you know, like they with Will's job, I don't think with Annie's, you have like 401k and different mm-hmm. things that you can do. And so, you know, we were like, OK, work with Ross because, you know, as a parent that is in Washington State in the um, Issaquah School District in King County, um, really the only financial literacy that my kids were exposed to was like BizTown um, which is this thing in Auburn where the kids go and they're a small business owner for one oh, of them. That's kind of cool. And, yeah. you know, they basically learn how to, like, manage the lunch breaks. Okay. It was not, like, it was Okay, yeah. It could chaotic. have been better, yeah. And then they would go a second time, I think, in middle school where they learned now they're not the business owners, now they're in the employees, and okay. it's like the game of life. That's a little more helpful. A little bit more helpful. Yeah. But I will tell you, like, they had to learn about how to, like, write a check and how to do all these things. <laughs> None of that's helpful anymore. It's not helpful no. anymore. And so, really, that's the only financial literacy that I'm aware of um, that the kids are exposed to. Um, we had a portfolio management class in high school, but that was an option that we could do. Um, I'm assuming most high schools don't have that option as a class. I mean, there's like DECA, but that's more about business. It's not about like personal finance, investing, that kind of thing. No, this class, it was great. It was a, here's a hundred thousand of play money and it's a competition with the class and everyone invests money into the market and tracks it during the three months of the market. And then there's a winner. That's, I don't know why every school doesn't have that. It's play money, but you could still get the. Colleges do that. Yeah. Colleges do high schools and really earlier should because if it's not real money, you should just let them do the game. It's not like you have to be eighteen, right, to do this. Right. Well you're not yeah. gambling. Right. It's it's not gambling, right? We weren't yeah. So that that was I thought that was normal, but as you're talking, no, I don't think anyone else did. And besides that, you're right. I never there was never anything else besides how to write a check, which is now outdated. Right. And what I find is that the, the schools they spend a lot of time on what they call SEL or social emotional learning. Now, it's important to learn about, you know, um, um, if you're dealing with depression or anxiety right. or, you know, if you're having suicidal ideation or about drinking and driving, mm-hmm. like 100 yes. percent support that. Yes. However, I think it would be just as important in social emotional education to empower kids to invest literally and metaphorically in themselves. Right. Like learn how to how do I apply for a job? When yeah. I apply at the local restaurant and they say bring a resume down and you're 16, yeah. you're like I don't know what I that take means. out the trash on yeah. Thursdays. <laughs> you know, like so having, mm-hmm. you know, a resume that you can put together for a first resume, applying for a job, yeah. how to get your food handler's uh, card okay. if that's something you need to do. Opening up your first checking account, um, you know, having a debit card so that if you're able to drive and you need to pay for gas, then you need to have a way to pay for said gas. Um, To me, you know, I'm like, why aren't the banks coming into the schools and setting up a table where you can have high school checking? Hmm. Right? Yeah. These are all good questions. Yeah. 
That would and make sense. this is one of the reasons why when you and I connected, I was like, I love that this is something that you want to do. Thank you. So do I. Yeah. Well, so you sort of, you said that you sort of fell into this idea then of, um, you know, deciding that this is partly your mission. Right. Is it because you noticed your peers were clueless? Is it, you know, where do you think it stemmed from? Um, it really combined what I was good at to what I was passionate about. I started in accounting, actually, for five years. I was okay. Uh, I, to be honest, I, I was okay. I don't want to do a profession or do anything in my career where I'm okay at. I want to do something where I'm really good. Why, why bother? That's kind of how I like to live my life. Um, I'm not just a la, 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 let's skate by. and No, no. It's either 100% or zero. Um, so I wasn't that great at accounting. Um, so I was trying to find something that I'd be better at that I was also very passionate about. I wasn't. Maybe if I was more passionate, I would have been better. So it helps that it combines my skills of planning and long-term thinking and always looking at not just the upside but the downside of everything. Very important skills to what we're doing and also having some good technical math background. And then the passion to help people work with them one-on-one and have a direct impact in someone's life for the long term. And there's not a lot of things that can do that, actually. Um, there's lots of sales jobs, but they're done after you make a sale and you don't follow up with people for the most part. Right. And there's lots of jobs where you can do math and stuff like I did for accounting that you are not feel like you're really impacting someone personally. So right. that's kind of how it happened, um, that it just worked out. <laughs> like that, um, which I think everyone should do. Find something they're really good at, but also passionate and combine both of them because otherwise something's going to be lacking. Well, and in my experience, you know, well, piece of advice out there, one of the the best gifts that my in-laws ever gave Pete and me was when we got married, uh, pretty shortly after our honeymoon, we met with their financial advisor who okay. became our financial advisor, um, for a number of years. And that was a great gift because prior to that, you know, I was like, I don't know, (laughs) you know, like, and Pete is seven years older than me. And he had basically lived in New York in the eighties and early nineties. So that money was gone. (laughs) I mean, just light a match to it and like it was gone. And so, you know, building for the future with planning comes freedom, right? Yes. And knowing that we would probably have a couple of kids, we're overachievers, we had four, <laughs> and, you know, that we would want to retire someday and those kinds of things. And that was a great thing to have. Yeah. And so many of our peers didn't have that right. because they felt like yes. we don't have anything. Yes, that's true. And yeah. that's something that also I was impressed upon me in working with you, that you were sort of like... Sure, I would like to have clients that have assets and that, you know, I'm working with them. Right, right. Like, sure, who doesn't? That said, you're not like, you know, Annie as a 25-year-old teacher doesn't have a lot of money and you give her the same time and care and attention as you give your clients that have far more. Yes, yes. Probably more because she's like, I don't have Actually, much. Actually, yep, yep, to be fair, especially the less you know, the more time I have to give you uh, just based on what you need. Uh, hopefully the idea is everyone gets to a point where they're then comfortable and then it's about the same work for everyone unless there's a crazy scenario going on. But yeah, you're right. Starting off, there's a huge learning curve with the Annie's and a lot of younger people in the world who need to be caught up to speed because you take for granted what you know mm-hmm. and forget what people 
don't know, and that's normal. Right. Yeah. And and working with a financial planner, I mean, you know, people think that, you know, oh, I when you work with a counselor, it's such an intimate dialogue and you're sharing all of your secrets and that kind of thing. Yes. And I would also argue that there's a certain level of intimacy in working with a financial planner because you are you are entrusting this person to partner with you in helping your dreams come true. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, it's like, yeah, there's the 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 basic numbers of like, here's what's coming in and here's what may come in. Uh, but here's what my dreams are. Right. You know, like I want to have a pontoon boat at my lake house, which I'm manifesting right now because <laughs> I would like a pontoon nice, boat, yeah. right? Doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does like, yeah, nice, yes. You don't have to go fast. <laughs> you don't spill your nice drink. And slow drinks. <laughs> yep. Good stuff. Exactly. We'll have a party when I get it. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and so, you know, working with people to build up their future and to be straight with them, to let them know, like, probably not going to have a pontoon boat in the next, like, five years. Mm-hmm. However, that said, here's some ways to do it. Yes. Yeah, that's that's really what it is. You actually, if anyone could give me their goals and their situation, then you kind of build around that. But a lot of people make this mistake of just trying to grow heaps of big pile of money without a plan or, or without, like, a direction or without thinking about, well, wait, what is this money for or what do I want to do with it, right? They, they forget that that's actually the hard part. Then growing the big pile of money, it, it's not easy, right? but it's actually not as difficult as you think because anyone could just close their eyes, open an account, get something generic and grow money over time based on compounding interest, right? right. But there's a lot of variables, a lot. And that's where working with a financial planner helps figure all those out, put them together and make sure that there's not one that you're missing or not one that trips you up so, oh, I was good except for, ah, this happened, and now I have to start over. Right. And that happens to people a lot because they don't think about the bad things that can happen or the things that can trip you up because that's kind of human nature. Most people kind of focus on the good stuff and the positives, and they, they forget. Well, and I hear stuff. you on your show, you know, um, the premise behind your show, The Money Seat, is it's kind of like a play on um, it being like the hot seat, right? You're right. put on the hot seat, yeah. and... You know, you don't know the questions in advance. People can call in. Um, mostly, I think people are afraid of calling in That's because they are. Yes. they're like, you know, like, I don't want anyone to know my voice or something. <laughs> I'm like, OK, whatever. Um, but people will text in or email uh-huh. um, and they've got questions ranging from anything from, you know, cryptocurrency. What is it to, you know, what's what's a CPA or right. what's a fiduciary or um, long ter- long-term care and, you know, um, should I refinance? Like t- I'm thinking of today's topics because yeah, I, listen, to topic. your, yep. I yep. listen to your show every week. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's, it's so great that you're able to give this advice to people because normally it's hard to get just good, basic, common sense advice that can touch on topics that affect us all. Well, yeah, and the problem with that is th- is that money... People think just money, but the problem is money affects so many things. People don't realize that even if it's not important to you or if it doesn't have to be the most important thing in your life, you have other things that are, I get it, but it still really trickles into so many aspects in your life. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to get healthy and start your juice cleanse, uh, guess what? That's going to cost money. So let's get right. I mean, it's almost anything you want to do involves that topic. And so- that's why it's just so important because, you know, we don't live in a barter society where you could grow crops and, okay, 
some people can't. But for the most most right. part of us, <laughs> we have to exchange money to get the things we want. And because of that, it just affects so much of our life. And that's why it's so important and why you have to know so many different topics. Because even if it doesn't seem quite related, somehow it's still... It still fits in somehow. Yeah. Well, and I came on your show to talk about, you know, as a small business owner. Right, so, exactly, yes. You know, I'm in a in a unique and fortunate position that, you know, my husband, he works for Microsoft and, you know, he does well. And so my business that I started was really a personal journey for me to not, as I like to say, Tanya Harding myself. Because <laughs> I had a tendency to, I don't know if I was more afraid of success or failure, Interesting. Okay. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Like I could lie on a couch and we could talk. <laughs> Maybe on the pontoon boat. Yes. Um, <laughs> with some drinks. Right. With some drinks. <laughs> It'll be great. Yeah. Um, Eric, you'll be there, of course. <laughs> I'm assuming we're gonna fully talk about the rain and the the forest. I would fire. like to, to revisit. <laughs> Can't this. wait. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to chime in. At I some think point. you're closer to making a pontoon boat <laughs> out of rain barrels than you are to solving wildfires. Yeah. But hey, you know, <laughs> gotta start somewhere. That's right. I'm again. I'm manifesting. Um, and so, you know, my goal with my business was to not self-sabotage, yes. to be completely honest. And so then as I've, you know, been building my business and I have clients and like, wow, they pay me <laughs> and, you know, I have this money, you gave me some great advice on, okay, so you're not the one that has to put food on the table. Um, you know, here's some ideas of what you can do with this money that can help the bigger picture that you have and that can be, you know, either help with our joint goals that we have as a couple and a family or even empower me as an individual female business owner. Right, right, And right. that was really helpful. Good. I'm glad. Uh, did you uh, look into some of those? I did look into some okay. of those things. And I it? am like, hmm. Good. Some of them I was like, what's a SEP? Yes. That's right. We talked about that. We don't have to. We don't have yeah, to talk about yeah. it here. But, you know, we'll Good. talk about it offline. But, Good. yeah, I totally was like, honey, I'm becoming financially literate. Good. And, of course, Pete was like, uh, brother. Because, <laughs> you know, my personal, like, idea of um, math is retail math. Like, I know that if I give, like, you know, $20.76 and it's because it's $8.76, how much I'm going to get back. Yes. Like, I know retail math. Okay. And then I used to have this thing where I was like, honey, I made money today because I returned stuff. He's like, but you <laughs> bought stuff two days ago. You didn't make money. I'm like, but there was an inflow, not an outflow. (laughs) Interesting. Yep, yep, yep. I'm cute, but not so literate. (laughs) Yeah, that's not great. No, 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 not really. No, you just you just got your money back. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And you know, and then when he starts talking about like you know when we're trying to do my bookkeeping because that was some more advice. I remember that. Yeah. Yep. Because that has been the albatross with my business, and so I found somebody that's helping me with my books. Great. Great. And, you know, understanding that I just glaze over. And so, you know, that's why somebody like you, it's so important that this is a, you know, whether it's a bookkeeper or an accountant or um, a tax advisor or a financial planner, if it makes your eyes glaze over, but it's important to, I don't know, your future, then maybe it's time to find somebody that can help you out. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't try to do everything yourself, especially if your eyes are glazing over. It's it's never going to end well. No. Never. Yeah. Um, all right. On the eyes glazing over front, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll continue our conversation. All right. All right. We'll be right back with Ross Krause.
Feelings of disconnect are the cause of an ever-surging mental health crisis. Many of us feel apathetic about ourselves, our work, home, and relationships. We don't know how to re-engage. I'm Greg Kuiper of Kuiper Counseling. At the Root focuses on emotional connection and how awareness is at the root of building healthy relationships with self and others. Join me weekly to re-engage with both. At the Root airs Mondays at 3.30 p.m. here on KKNW. Subscribe to the podcast or go to Kuiper Counseling. Hi, I'm JDK Winnikin, host of This Show is All About You. If you're like me, you seek many things in your life. Adventure, meaning, belonging, you have dreams and you want fun, and of course, you want love. And we also want other people to join us along the path. But what happens when you don't know how to have all that or where to start? Well, join me every week to learn more about how, because I am just like you. So join me each week here on KKNW for This Show is All About You, a show about how you and me become we and what that means for all of us. And be sure to visit my website, wordsbyjdk.com. Stacy Heller is many things, entertaining yet enlightening. She's a talk show host channeling her inner Fallon. Like Winston Wolf, she's a fixer who gets things done with style. Practical, like Dr. Ruth. Stacy isn't afraid of the uncomfortable when searching for answers. She's your biggest fan and sees your potential before you do. Most of all, Stacy Heller is a synapse who can connect impulses and ideas about your business and yourself into possibility. To connect with Stacy, go to stacyconnects.com. Stacy Connects. It's her superpower. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Don't ask me to talk. Welcome back to Don't Ask Me to Talk. Again, I am with Ross Krauss, who is a certified financial planner. That's correct. I learned today on the show. CFP. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I learned. I literally learned so much. Awesome. And the questions that I don't know that I have. Like, um, there are a lot of people that made me chuckle because I actually, um, you know, I said to my kids, like, hey, you've got to check out this show. And I had um, Grace call in. And yes, what I loved right. is that when Grace called in, she was like, hey, so the latest pickup line for people is like, <laughs> so my Robin Hood account. I remember that. Yes. <laughs> so I made $50,000 on Bitcoin. Right. Yeah, and want to get know, a drink. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, she's like, it's the weirdest flex anymore that you I know. can kind of appreciate that. It's more my wheelhouse. Uh, I wouldn't use that, but I mean, you know, you are recently and happily married. <laughs> yes. No, Very if I recently. wasn't, I still wouldn't. Like, hey, I have a 401k. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to lead with the money thing. That's that's That shows you don't have any game. That's all. That's true. Sorry. To, no, yes. that's, it's, that's, a good, that's a good piece of advice. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and that's something that what would you say is one of the questions that you're finding is, is asked most frequently with people that are listening and asking questions? Is it about things like all this micro-investing and that kind of thing? It was when that was in the news earlier this year. Okay. Um, not so much right now. I think people are asking a little bit about inflation, which I've talked about a little bit, and I don't have to get into that. But just that and the, the mortgage stuff, people are very interested about if they should be paying off their mortgages and what's going on. and That's a question that, like that. that I totally have because yeah. – with this, you know, second house that we bought and with the interest rates um, really pretty low, even lower than when we refinanced our primary residence, um, you know, my husband was like, 
huh, so if we refinanced that house and we got money, then we could potentially pay off the other mortgage. Right. And he's like, I wonder if that would give us a tax break. Um, yes. I think I saw that question. And I didn't get get to answer that. Yeah, I know. So here you are. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's you're on do that. The, you're on the money seat. <laughs> um, that is a good question. Okay. Could, could you repeat that again? Sorry. So let's say you've got your primary residence, uh-huh. right? And we haven't refinanced in like five or six years. And um, we bought a second home. Okay. And we could refinance on our primary home, get a lower interest rate, and then maybe take the money um, that we get from refinancing and however that works. Can you tell that I'm like vamping, vamping? I don't know <laughs> which, like, how do you get this money? But whatever. Um, and then pay off the mortgage on our other house. And then would that give us some kind of a tax break or would that help us out? Because, you know, like we pay dumb Hmm. taxes. I don't think it would, but that's a little bit out of the... Purview of a financial planner. Yeah, it is. I would say that I or someone might have some expertise and help you, but generally it would be best to talk to a CPA, especially if... Are these... Is this in another state than Washington? No. Okay. So... Uh, also, because I'm a transplant here, I'm not as familiar, unfortunately, with the laws of Washington State and the taxes. But I, I initially got is saying it would help you minimally, if anything. But I would get a second opinion. I would recommend that you get a second opinion right. on that. Well, so from the tax standpoint, uh-huh. definitely, I have a tax person, yeah. Raj Prabhu, by yeah. the way. For anybody that's looking for an amazing tax ask person, Raj, ask Raj Prabhu yeah. of um, RLP Tax. And tell him Stacy sent you. He is amazeballs. Um, he literally speaks tax. It's like kind of crazy. He should have a show called Ask Garage then. Right. It just like <laughs> I speak tax. Yeah. I mean, it's like I would glaze over, but you'd learn a lot. Well, I would find it were, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so he is amazing. So tax implications aside, uh-huh. does it make sense to, from an investment standpoint, then? Probably not. It will. will I'd have to know what the interest rate is that you're currently paying on that mortgage. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. If it's four, three, two percent, then no, you're better off doing something u- more useful with the money. Um, Got it. Yeah. Now from a, yeah. And if it's, it's going to sit in cash, then no, it's not good. But you want to, you always want your money to be doing something, whether it's paying off debts or investing in the market or buying something that's fun for you. That's also okay. Right. But a pontoon just, boat. Right. That, that's better than it's sitting in the bank doing nothing. You always want your cash to be writing you some type of value that's fun. I think that would be a good Thing to leave on here that yeah. that there are people come across that are hoarding too much cash in the bank because it feels good, and while that's important, it's usually just not efficient. Um, do something with your cash that's useful. Well, and we have a couple more minutes, so I'm going to add. That okay, yeah. Today, um, when I was uh, telling the guys that are working on our house that you were coming on the show. Right, right. Naturally, then we get into all the conversations like, well, you know, my mom bought a house. And one of the guys was saying that, you know, his mom bought a home and that she put a ton down. Okay. Um, which is fine. But his thing was you didn't need to put as much down as you did. Yeah. And so then you could have had that money and put it somewhere so that it would make more yes, money for you. Exactly. So yes. that's the kind of thing that you're talking yes. about is that people have this like, 
let me build like stockpile money thinking that that's going to be like under my mattress and I'm going to be good. Yeah. If you have that kind of like money, then make your money make money for you. Right. That's the older way of thinking with maybe our parents, the older generation of thinking of just building piles of money. But the new way of doing this isn't that, first of all, because they weren't living as long. We live too long for that. Now it's about how do we make our money grow, but also do it efficiently and tax efficiently and make sure it's going to the goals we want because we're going to live a very long time and we have a lot of stuff we want to do. Um, and I don't want money to prevent me from doing it. Um, and that's why it's more complicated than it was before. Right. Makes sense. I mean, and, and that's another thing that I think I really, in listening to your show, um, that I appreciate that it's, you have that realistic, not like just go spend money and, you know, do whatever and be willy nilly. However, you're also like, if you know that you're going to go and you're going to buy like a grande mocha frappuccino with extra whatever, I don't drink coffee, can you tell? Um, (laughs) Me neither. Yeah. So then you need to know that about yourself and know if you're going to have the discipline to not do it when it comes to budgeting and thinking about these things. And I appreciate the fact that it's like, look, you know, when it comes to your finances, like know thyself. Yes. Oh, absolutely. That's some of the... or. At least come to the reality if you're really bad at some of these things, then get help because you can't be living in denial or someone who never checks any of these statements because they're afraid. That's the worst thing. Either face, you know, rip off the bandaid or get help and re- just kind of bite the bullet and understand you, you need it. But those are really the two options. The mm-hmm. avoiding things never works with really anything in life mm-hmm. besides not just money. Um, and that's when you get into huge huge hurt, huge danger because you can't go back and fix it. This is stuff that all of a sudden you get too old and it's too late. And right. It's, it's sad. But right. yes, very true. Know thyself or get help if you know that thyself is not good at this. This is truer <laughs> words were never spoken. Um, so if people are interested in connecting with you, because you don't have a minimum, you're not like, oh, you have to be a millionaire to work with you. Like, right. You'll work with people. How can people get in touch with you? Yeah, I would say the minimum to work with me is uh, be serious about this and um, have a commitment, right? So that's that's it. It's not a money thing. It's an attitude thing. I want people who are serious about fixing their financial lives and going to commit to it long term. Uh, so I have a website, Ross Krause, R-O-S-S-K-R-A-U-S-E.com. And uh, you could also email me at ross.kraus at lpl.com. You could Google my name, Ross Kraus, R-O-S-S-K-R-A-U-S-E, and it should give you everything you need to know about me, what I do, how I help people, what my fees are, how to contact me, how to listen to other episodes of the show that maybe be helpful. And um, yeah, that's really it. That's the best way. Send me an email. That's always best. Yeah. And, you know, and you can call into Ross's show again. The live show airs on Tuesdays from 12 to 1230. um, And that is Pacific Standard Time. Yes. But you can listen to old episodes on uh, most uh, podcast platforms. Yep. Um, in the meantime, thank you so much for being oh, it was a, pleasure. a guest on the show yeah. on your birthday again. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, thank you. you youngin' you. <laughs> uh, thank you, Eric, as always. My pleasure, and happy birthday, Ross. <laughs> I am Thanks, guys. very much looking forward to hanging out on the pontoon boat talking about our problems at some point in the future. Yes. Um, next week, my guest is Sheila Kelly Bauer. I went to high school with her. Who knows what we're going to talk about? But it'll be fun. And that's what we do here on Don't Ask Me to Talk. We make conversation and connection. So thanks, everyone. Stay connected.